0: Bobby.
1: Oh, did I say Tommy?
0: You know you said Tommy because you just asked if you said Tommy. I thought it was Taylor. It's Bobby Taylor. Okay. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Milan. And this is David. And today, I finally watched Prisoners. And we are joined by my friend, Garrett. So, it's really, really bad
1: of me, David, because (laughs) I've seen Prisoners before, but unfortunately i 've already uh, i 've only seen the last like twenty minutes of of prisoners and from what I remember of the last twenty minutes of prisoners, I actually um, I really liked it, but this really put the last twenty minutes of context like <laughs> in context for me, so I like it a lot more now um, but Garrett, this is like this is like your favorite movie, right? Uh,
2: it's, it's up there. I think it, David and I did like a top 10 movies of the decade. Uh, and David gave me a lot of crap when I put this on my top 10 list. Uh, so it's that. definitely up there for me.
0: I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, you do. But in, and in retrospect, you might have been right. <laughs> um, That's what I like to hear. Yeah, so I watched this uh it was funny garrett texted me uh the other day on thanksgiving it was like hey prisoners is a thanksgiving movie by the way i was like well i was like well shit i have to watch it on thanksgiving then um and yeah i was pretty blown away by it and i think the reason why is i usually have a lot of movies spoiled for me if i haven't watched them i mean this is a 2013 movie but nothing about this was spoiled for me um there's some things I should have seen coming in this movie like uh you know the aunt being played by Melissa Leo two years after the fighter might have been a big clue that that was like an important part in the movie (laughs) like when I when I my first watch I was just like that's so weird she's in this like bit role like and I think maybe seeing it in 2020 like it didn't make me question it as much but yeah I mean I loved it uh it's definitely not a movie that like you can, you can watch it multiple times, but it's like, it's kind of hard to deal with, but.
1: Well, what's what's funny is that when I was watching this with my girlfriend, we were both like, "What? it has to be Paul Dano, right? Like, why would they cast Paul Dano in that role if it's not him? And as the movie was going along, I turned to her and I was like, you know, it's really smart casting Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman in this role. And uh, yeah, and the roles that they play, because like, yeah, Melissa Leo is like a huge actor, and, and but I was like, um, that completely eliminates Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman. Like, get any actor bigger than them, and I'm like, obviously that's the villain. But you know, having Melissa Leo for me and for her it just like really threw me off. Like, who am I? Who am I like actually suspect of?
2: One thing that got me uh, on the, the larger actor point is like, this is Viola Davis and Hugh Jackman and Terrence Howard and Paul Dano. Like you have, there were a lot of big names in not very big roles. Exactly. Um, so that, that, that kind of, to me that, that, that dumbed down or made it seem like less surprising that Melissa Leo isn't, you know, carrying the show.
1: Well, especially uh, David. What, how do you pronounce his last name? Dasmalchian. God, I'm probably like butchering that. But I recognize him from The Dark Knight and
0: and uh, Ant Man and the Wasp.
1: Right, and and so for me, I was like, it. It's either him or Paul Dano, just
0: because. Well, I don't think I don't think you could cast. Two people more perfectly. And this is very <laughs> ridiculous. to Like, sorry to say, but Paul Dano and and that guy as like child abductor pedophiles. <laughs> like, I don't know why they play those roles so perfectly. If if they have a
2: look, it, it is the look. Like like David Desmalchi. I don't know how to pronounce it either. But Taylor in the movie, like he looks incredibly creepy. And the only things that I remembered him from are like movies where he is a little creepy like being the joker's thug in the dark night and just just he's just he looks like he looks like someone that i would be afraid of to leave your child in, with intimidated by yeah it's like i'm not intimidated by you at all but i'm terrified of you
0: well if I see I, if i if i see either of them at a playground i'm like going up to them asking who's your kid here <laughs> Do you guys have a kid here
1: <laughs> uh, especially if if David Dismalchian is petting a bunny at a vigil um, the the thing about both of those actors like Garrett said is that you remember David Dismalchian from The Dark Knight being Joker's like henchman thug but then Paul Dano being the Riddler in the upcoming Robert Pattinson Batman I think it's just that's hilarious to me they're put in these like psychopathic roles in, in both Batman movies yet you know, they're they're both, like, child murder suspects.
0: And, you know, also, to take it back real quick to all the actors, there's also, we didn't even talk about Maria Bello is, like, plays kind of a smaller but, like, integral part to this. And what's amazing to me is you have all of these, like, pretty major well-known celebrities in, like, a kind of a, a a movie that's not, like, it doesn't seem like it would be that big of a movie. And then with, you know, Garrett, you and I have talked about Denis Villeneuve a lot and how we like really love everything we've seen, but this is kind of like, beside Incendie or Incendies as I always pronounce it, like this is like, you know, that kind of put him a little bit on the map, but this is like his first major like American movie. And so it's kind of crazy that he was able to get all these people
2: yeah it's it's what, but he he did such an impressive job with them that it landed him you know the next few biggest sci fi movies in the world
1: What's impressive about this film you know not only like the cast but you're introduced to these characters right away, and how quickly this film moves um you know if you have any idea about what this film is about, you know those kids are gonna go missing right. And there's such, like, a family focus on these characters and their relationship towards one another. Um, As soon as you're established that, you know, those kids are gone and Jake Gyllenhaal is a cop and he finds the RV, like, right away, I feel like the movie kicks off in such a way where uh, it's like (sighs) – the movie's so hard and desperately wants you to think Paul Dano is is the is the guy in, <laughs> in the first like fifteen minutes of the film. But then you have like two and a half hours left being like, okay, convince me otherwise. And uh and the way that it kind of tells the audience clues that the main characters don't quite know yet, and it's almost like this game of catch-up where you're wanting the the characters to know as much as you, the audience. And then there's a certain point in the movie where now somehow the characters know more than you. And I think that's a really cool way to do a movie like this where it's just this like, you're trying to figure it out and then you're proud of yourself when you're ahead of it. And then you're kind of hard on yourself when you're like,
0: okay, what's going on? Yeah, I think your view of it too is a little bit skewed because you saw like the ending first because i think the movie does a great job of giving you these like alternative theories on like what could have been happening like once they introduce um david dalmasian we'll, we'll just bobby, call him bobby taylor bobby, yeah bobby taylor <laughs> i'm so sorry bobby uh but once they introduce bobby taylor and like that's probably one of the cooler shots in the in the uh movie when he backs out of the crowd at the vigil. I cannot agree more. The The last time I watched this
2: movie, which was yesterday, um, I was keeping track of when things happen. And it's like nine minutes in, you've got the girls missing. 16 minutes in, you've got the prime suspect already in custody. And then eight, can we do spoilers? Spoiler alert at this point?
0: Sure. Yeah, I mean, just to just to say, this is a movie that, the entire thing is like a spoiler. So you like you, you need to watch this. Definitely. Yeah,
2: you do need to watch it. But at 18 minutes in the movie, the actual culprit, like the detective is at the culprit's house where the victims, where the little girls are. And then like t- five minutes later, you've got the detective in the living room of the parents basically saying, you know, stay calm. We're screwed. We don't really know what's going on yet. The kid was, you know was a dead end. It's, it's just like the whole movie in 22 minutes. You feel like you're done.
1: Yeah, exactly. And what's kind of amazing with the movie uh, is that the pacing of it because in like the first half hour of the movie a day goes by, but then in the last 2 hours of the movie 5 days go by, maybe more. Um and that's actually that's something I want to talk about is is the how many days actually go by in the last like 20 30 minutes of the film but uh
0: well to interject yeah go ahead I, i i did notice too like how quickly the girls go missing but also so there's like there's basically two and a half scenes at the beginning of this movie before the girls go missing there's the deer scene which is just basically to set up hugh jackman's character as like a you know a believer who um is really like prepared for everything and like you know very hard on his children and then setting up the relationship with the other family viola davis and terrence howard and then the kids are gone yeah i was like things are moving so so quickly and then next year you're, you meet jake gyllenhaal and i love the scene of his car sitting outside of the little chinese restaurant and then the shot of him in the rear view mirror of paul dano's like rv like that that was so cool but this movie actually moves so quickly that when i watched it the first time so like at an hour and 40 minutes they identify the sock the bloody clothes um viol davis and terrence howard identify clothes and then um uh hugh jackman comes in and identifies like a sock and i was like they could wrap this movie up in the next like five minutes explaining like Uh, you know, what he decides to do with Paul Dano now that he's figured out that he's innocent. Like, that's, this movie could have gone completely differently if they just, like, stopped it there. And then there's another 50 minutes of movie after that. I think that extra 50 minutes is, like, what sets this movie apart from, like, a normal child abduction movie that this could have been.
1: But I guess that's what I mean, right? Because when they identify the sock, it's like... We, as the audience, know that uh, Tommy broke in, you know, went back to those houses and broke in. And Bobby.
0: Oh, did I say Tommy? You know you said Tommy because you just asked if you said Tommy. I thought it was Taylor. It's Bobby Taylor. Okay. Okay. It's Barry Conyers. Alex Jones? Is it Alex Jones? It's Alex Jones. It's Alex
2: Jones that that's,
0: that's we can make poor. all the
1: jokes. That's poor. Um okay. Bobby Taylor. We we know that Bobby Taylor went in there and 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 broke into those houses. So as the audience um, the possibilities of those being stolen clothes uh without being from the stolen girls
0: is totally possible in our eyes. Um but I didn't connect that. I don't you didn't know. Gary, connect that? You, the first time I saw it, I didn't connect it right away. And it it happens so quickly, right? They identify the clothes, and then the next scene is the scene with the crime scene investigator, and then that's when Jake Gyllenhaal connects it. Connects it. So.
1: Well, I think that's one of the most interesting stories, like side plots within the film, is Bobby Taylor's whole character, from him going into like that corner store and buying children's clothes stealing the mannequins and the snake the snake crates and stuff and his motive behind all that once you figure that out i think you pretty much kind of crack the whole case especially once you connect the other side plot about the murder
0: that the priest did which by the way garrett did you know what that priest was from no That's that's cardinal law from spotlight Oh, my gosh. Oh, Well, wow. in
2: Spotlight, he sucks. In this, he's – I mean, he also sucks, but he's A little bit better for killing the guy.
0: <laughs> and well, so in in Spotlight, he wasn't maybe an actual pedophile, but in this one, I think he was because he was on the yeah. level three sexual offender list.
2: Well, and, and what Jay Gyllenhaal is just like uh, – I don't remember the name. Like, I did eight years in, like, Grady's House for Boys. Like, I, it would give me such pleasure to send you up there basically saying – when I lock you up, you're going to be locked up with kids who are the victims of the kind of shit you pulled, and they will destroy you.
0: Yeah. You know I, you know what I thought was crazy, too, is the cardinal law is passed out there in the ground, and Jake Gyllenhaal just jumps down into this pit. And I was like, like secure out. No, but secure I, – I mean, he could jump back up, but if, if the cardinal comes to, like, you got to secure him to make sure you don't get trapped. I was like – I didn't think that's where this movie was going, but I was worried. You Jake.
1: know what? It's funny because Taylor said the same thing. And I was like, so you think that that priest thought that he was going to like have a visit by a cop, pretend to be unconscious for who knows how many hours, and then magically come to and trap Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm like, the odds no, he-
0: happening. Jake moving a fridge might have woke him up. you like, you don't know how drunk he is. I also do want to point out, I know we've gone completely off on a tangent, but if that fridge isn't moved over so conspicuously, like, he's never going to look through that door, probably. True.
2: Agree. I mean, the, the, what got him was the core, right? So, like, yeah, there, just, you've got a fridge, it's moved away aside from,
0: from where it plugs into the wall. And that's not to keep that dude in, because the stairs are gone. So, yeah, it, it was like, it's just like, don't look here behind the fridge. Well, I, I, I had like a lot of seven vibes
1: from that that scene which just creepy as hell yeah yeah it was dark
2: i i don't know if this is the right time to ask the question but is detective loki actually any good at his job
0: well one of my least favorite parts is the like the trope of he's never not solved the case in the Same. beginning i hated it i was like why did you have to include that that was like it's and not funny. only
1: that, but how they included it, where he sits down with the wife, and the wife just like looks up at him, teary eyed. He's she's like, "So is it true? You've never like not solved a case?" And I'm like, "God damn it!"
0: You know what I did like though about Loki in Jake Gyllenhaal's performance? Like, well, one, the ticks normally would have bothered me, but they—I thought they just kind of worked. His like constant like, just the eye ticks. But then, too, the way he speaks to like Hugh Jackman and Maria Bello and everyone, he doesn't speak like a dude who's gotten too involved in this case. He like is super professional the whole time. Like, I need you to calm down. All right, we're we're pursuing all leads. I can't tell you anything. we're pursuing all leads. Like, he's uh, from that aspect. I think he's pretty good. And I mean, you know, his record speaks for himself. By just
2: no, what what I liked in addition to like how he spoke to like the the victims to the parents was how he spoke to his boss and he's just like one more day i fucking told you one more day and how like when hugh jackman is in the room with him and his commanding officer he's like pretty silent and reserved and then the second hugh jackman walks out he's like what the fuck and just well, like unloading on the guy
0: well and then when they're watching bobby taylor draw and he's like he's been there for three hours what are you doing he's like well how about you fuck off because this is the <laughs> best we can do i like there's Their relationship is so interesting, and I think that also kind of further proves at least that they're trying to put across he's such a great cop because his chief, like, puts up with that shit. Well, and
2: his chief even said, so after um, he screws up, and again, spoiler alert, but Taylor shoots himself in the head while in custody, uh, his boss says to him, like, hey, well, at least now I don't need to worry about losing you to PSP. Right. And I sat, sat there and I was like, PSP? I was like, oh, Pennsylvania State Patrol. Oh, like he's he's up for the next thing.
1: Yeah, but it's, it's so dumb because it's not even his fault. It's the stupid officer that just ran in there with his gun, I guess. Un, I don't even understand how that happens. No,
0: it's, it's, it's his fault. You can't beat <laughs> up a guy in custody.
1: I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's ways to get around that. But he didn't do it.
0: I, um, what I, what I, one thing that I kind of thought was a little weird is, and I know this, the, the Alex Jones, Paul Dano was missing years ago. So there might not be, yeah, his name's Alex Jones, but there might not be like DNA or anything, but how is there not a background check done on Alex Jones and just like, wait, how did these people get a hold of him? Like, shouldn't they be able to figure out that he's not related? He was the prime suspect for at least a day in the disappearance of two girls that has like the entire, you know, every trooper in the state out looking for them. Like it's a big case. They couldn't figure out that he was, you know, that he wasn't related to, to the aunt. So I thought about
2: that. I, I, giving the story, the benefit of the doubt, he has a driver's license. So they have to have some kind of like proof of existence for him. And the story is that his parents died. And it sounds like, I'm again, I'm just guessing, but I bet that the father, uh, I bet he did have siblings who did die in a car accident. And so they were just able, like the the facts were checkable hmm. enough that it didn't make sense to try to dig into this guy's history before he was six years old.
1: What's crazy is that, you know, they put us in, in Hugh Jackman's Kind of perspective for a while in this film that it's like you know're we're, we're asking the same questions he's asking in the sense that if he actually has an i q of a ten year old how does he drive an rV you know what is his motivation? how did he get a license and then we along with Hugh also hear him say they only cried when I left them, and the batman um the Batman song so it, it's kind of wild how they kind of put us in this, like, you know, same category as Hugh Jackman and he can't do anything about it. Uh, no one believes him. And then as the audience, we can't do anything about it. And who are we going to tell, you know? the So the
2: things that Hugh Jackman gets to see and hear, right. The, they only cried when I left them. And then when he's walking the dog and he like kind of strangles the dog at night, I'm right. like, the first time I watched this, I was like, he is so evil and so sadistic and I've seen there will be blood. So I know he's crazy. Like that's what was going on in my head.
0: Yeah. The, the dog thing, they were, they're really subtle with Paul Dano's character and the times they showed him like doing things that made you think, okay, he's not mentally, you know, stunted. He does know what he's doing. Like him picking up the dog, and then when he picks up the dog by the by the chain and, like, it's kind of strangling it a little bit, I also thought he possibly saw um, Hugh Jackman in the car and was, like, fucking with him. And then when he starts singing the song, I was like, that's a really common, like, kid song. But at the same time, it would have made me suspicious. And I think the whole point of all of that is to kind of put you in Hugh Jackman's shoes and, like, what would you do? And at least to make him... Now, I don't know about you, but I was sympathetic to him the whole time. And like, not necessarily that I would have done what he did, but almost hoping I would have the fortitude to do what he did because yeah. he knows that he's the only one that knows this guy knows where his kids are and no one else is doing anything. And he is on a running clock to save them. What's we so should... this go, go ahead, Garrett. Oh, I just want to be clear about like,
2: The girls would not have been found if it wasn't for Hugh Jackman.
0: Absolutely.
2: Because the, right. So Holly gets, so Hugh Jackman kidnaps Alex. Holly gets lonely, lonely without Alex. She takes the girls out of the pit, brings the girls inside. The, the one girl escapes, right? Anna, Anna escapes. Joy. Joy escapes. Joy escapes. escapes. Yeah. Joy escapes. Anna gets stuck, right? She gets caught. But then if Joy hadn't escaped, like, they never would have been found. No, so 100%. I,
1: yeah. And, and, and what's, like, oh, man. I mean, back to what you were saying, David. It's, like, if you ever ended up in that position, you, I, I felt so much for Terrence Howard during that whole thing where it's, like, he knew what he was doing was wrong. He knew what Hugh Jackman was doing was wrong but how bad do you want your daughter back? And that's kind of the, the stuff, like that's the morality that you you have to face with that whole thing.
0: Oh, and the other, the other point real quick. So one, like the other point where Paul Dano kind of shows his, like, I'm not, you know, I'm still there is when Viola Davis unties him and he breaks the window and makes like, and has like a knife, that he swings at them made out of glass, mm. like that, that right there is like, yeah, maybe it's like survival, but it's also like, you know, he's, he he knows what he's doing. But I also, you pointed to Terrence Howard, like his, he's not given a whole lot, but the, the scenes that he has, he's really great in. And the one that sticks with me the most is um, when uh, Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman breaks the sink. And you, if you, if you pay attention to Terrence Howard's face, it's like, it's, there's so many like emotions and most of them just like fear and I don't know what the fuck to do. And my daughters are like, it's really great. Like that just, it's not even the focus at all, but if you look at it, it's great.
1: There's, there's two scenes in that whole bathroom scene that just like gets me at the pit of my stomach. One is that breaking the sink thing. When he puts the hammer down and it breaks the sink, the first time he hits it, I was like, holy shit. He just broke that guy's hand. And then when he, like, when he hits the sink and then he hits the wall and it, the, the hammer just sticks into the wall, if you look at Terrence Howard, he's like looking at the hammer in that wall and was like, I, we've gone too far. Almost like that, that's the realization when he has to tell his wife. The second scene in that bathroom is when Viola Davis pulls the bag off of Paul Dano's head and you see how badly he's beat. And for me, that's when I started sympathizing for Paul Dano. I did not.
2: Yeah, I thought he did it, so I didn't care.
0: I, yeah. So even... <laughs>
1: this is I, thought like it a, was too, I thought it was
0: too obvious that he did it. So that's why I started suspecting others. Well, this is a conversation I want to get into the end, more of a global one to think about. But like, is Paul Dano, a, you know, we can do it now. Is Paul Dano a victim or is he an accomplice? because I see him more as an accomplice and I'll say because he brings the girls over and the, the aunt later on says you know it was his idea he he just was driving them around it was my idea to keep them it's, but he knows that and he he could have turned on her and yeah you could say there's like some Stockholm syndrome going on and he's lived with her forever and now maybe that that is his aunt but i mean he knows what's going to happen to these girls and he's letting it happen. Like, I know what happened to him, but I mean, he got to live. So I, I never felt bad for him. He, he's also
2: seen this happen with what, like 20 or 30 other victims since they took him in.
0: Right. Six, 16. Six, okay. I was, I doubled it, but it's no, well, important. Well, it's 16 uh, for the father. Cause that's what the Cardinal says that the, the guy said, which, the connecting that dude in the well at the bottom like are in the Cardinals uh, basement. basement when I what's funny is like when I originally when I was watching it I was like oh I wonder if that's the father and then I just didn't think about it anymore and then like watching it and then watching it again like the way they connect that is so cool the way they like the way the story is either written or it was changed like when it was being directed like one example is when after he interviewed, after he's interrogating Paul Dano, which is like such a great scene. And like the way Jake is just kind of in his face, just like talking to him a little bit. He's like, I know you're a good guy. I just want to, you know, I just want to get the right answers. But he's talking to the crime scene guy and the crime scene guy's like, there's nothing in here. And he's like, there's no wool fibers. And he says, well, I believe it that there were no wool fibers if he just transported them somewhere. But if he did something to them in this, there'd be wool fibers. And what's, you know, when you hear that the second time after knowing what happened, well, yeah, he did just transport them. And that's why there's no wool fibers. And like that attention to detail is what makes this movie so great. Like that's just one example. Yeah,
1: that's just one example of many, many things throughout this. I mean, David, you were saying that your second watch through this, when you were watching the the aunt character, Moore, uh, second pass through this film, she comes off as a lot more creepier and you know what i after i finished the movie um and i saw that ending part where i saw long ago i reversed back to where joy ended up in the hospital and um that whole scene from then on and then i saw you know i just kind of backed it up to there and watched the rest because i wanted to see exactly how events unfolded right away um the fact that Joy, see, I was trying to figure out what led Hugh Jackman back to the aunt's place. Um, what did Joy say to him that was like triggering, was like, oh, it's, it's the aunt's, uh, It's you know, she did it. And all Joy said was, you were there, it put tape on our mouths. And like from just those two sentences, you could see it in his eyes, like he made a connection that I didn't make. And obviously, uh, Detective Loki didn't make because Loki went straight to the grandfather's house and found Alex Jones in the shower, which I thought was an interesting kind of like connection since he knew that if he found Alex, he would have to go to the aunt's house to let her know um, that they found her, her nephew which led to him finding Anna. But without Hugh Jackman knowing, you know, being psychic, uh, the only other place in the last week that Hugh Jackman has been was his own house, his grandfather's house, and the liquor store, and the aunt's place. And knowing that three out of those four possibilities is impossible to have his child there, I like how he just thought, oh, it's her house. Done, you know?
0: Yeah, and that, I missed that a little bit the first time. Or maybe I got it and then forgot it. But as I was watching it, when when Joy says, well, you were there, like, I heard you, um, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, because that's where she was trapped. Um, and so for what's cool about that is, like, Hugh is the only one who would get that. he's the only one who would know that and out of context
1: for his wife and terrence howard and viola davis it kind of sounds like hugh jackman kidnapped them for a second
0: didn't it well and i thought yeah i thought a little bit that's what they were like that worried me Mm -hmm. that they were gonna like turn on him and so then he like just runs out of there and i was like part of me was thinking like oh maybe he's just trying to he thinks that they're going to try and point at him, but he also, but you know, upon second view, it's just, he understood what she was saying and he knew what he needed to do. Although as I was discussing with Garrett earlier, I don't think he handled his next steps that well. No.
2: If it's a gun, you charge. If it's a knife, you run away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I am that. So you, you said earlier, Alon, that like how creepy the ant was being that, that, that I noticed that. And I said that, and when she is taking Alex Jones, Paul Dano, out of the police station, she's a little creepy. But the first conversation with Hugh Jackman in her house, she is like, there were so many questions I had about that. Like one, it would be completely normal for her to just say no, like you attacked my son no, you can't come in. Like the first time he comes in during the day, it was like right after Alex said, oh, you have to find them in the maze. And so she invites him in. And I was like, what, what is the purpose of you inviting him in? And I realized it's like, the, it's the thrill of it, but not only just is it the thrill of it, and she kind of says this a little bit later, you know, her son died of cancer and they do this because they're trying to cause pain to other families because of what they had to deal with. And so how many opportunities does she get to come face to face with like the people that she's caused this pain to like that had to be like more than she could handle. Like the, the opportunity was just like, how, how could I pass this up?
2: One thing I wanted to touch on initially again, and this, this goes back to like two major themes that, that I have been thinking about as I watched the movie. One is Loki actually a good detective? And two, like, how dark is this world that we live in? And so, like, like on the first one, Loki didn't want to go to Holly's house and let her know what happened to her son. Yeah, he, future, he was, the future, yeah, he yeah. was reluctant. Yeah. He, he was, like, forced into it. He's like, God damn it. And, like, I think he even says fuck when he has to do it. And one thing I really like about Jake Gyllenhaal in this movie, and I don't know if it was in the script or ad lib, but he says fuck all the time and he says it so naturally like when he calls hugh jackman uh and hugh jackman hangs up on him he goes fucking an a and gets
1: right. into his car my or favorite, when Hugh jackman is like coming up to the window yeah that's my
2: yeah. favorite <laughs> it's just like oh, it's this just guy like, oh, fuck. yeah and it's, it's just great he, he doesn't want to go there and then when he gets there and he sees the picture and he, then it's he figures out like oh shit like i should have he doesn't say fuck, but his face does. Like well, what's, he should have solved
1: this. What's crazy about the the picture, or or Jake Gyllenhaal going to the house in the first place, is that the the aunt must think, oh, he's here to arrest me because he put it all together. When in fact, no, he wasn't there at all for that. So if she was just cool about it, kept the little girl like unconscious and drugged up in the back room, and faked cried for the news of her her son or nephew being found she would have
0: gotten away with it just scot-free maybe but they also figure out at that point that uh that paul dano was i'm curious if they would have at that point figured out that paul dano was that other child because that was in the paper later on that he was the kidnapped child from 20 years ago or whatever um and I also think it's, it's totally natural for her at this point to realize that, um, that she's been caught, that Joy probably told on her. The fact that it just didn't turn out that way is kind of just fortuitous. Well, that's kind of back to what Garrett was,
1: I guess, saying, right? Uh, is that, is Loki a good cop or is he just extremely, extremely lucky?
0: Well, and one thing they do, too, is and you pointed out how they show the pendant on the on the dad slash uncle character is they didn't show us that in the beginning, which I think is really key. Like, we don't see that until we see it on the guy in the in the basement.
2: Well, yeah, so we see it on the on the on the victim, on the dad, I guess the dead dad in the basement. We see it on his corpse. But then we see it all over Taylor's house and Taylor drawing it when he's being interrogated.
0: Like, the exact
2: same maze on the pendant.
0: Right. And I do want to talk overall a little bit more, like, in detail about, first of all, when Jake Gyllenhaal finally goes and finds Bobby Taylor, like, and meets him at the door, and that whole conversation, and you're just, like, Alan, you said before uh, that Denis is known for, like, establishing shots. Yeah. And – some of these, first of all, in the very beginning of the movie, he shows you the house where all the action is going to take place at. He focuses on it for like an extra couple of seconds, yeah. And then he has all these others, like Jake Gyllenhaal pulling up at like Terrence Howard's house. But that conversation and the tension built when Bobby Taylor and Loki are talking. And then my favorite line is like, they're talking back and forth. And he's like, you bought kids clothes. And like, just like the look he gives him. It's almost <laughs> like a comedy line, but it was just like, that, that part is great, and then he, like, comes in and beats the shit out of him. Although, once again, you handcuffed him, but, like, you know, you're still just messing with boxes in the other room. Like, I'm surprised he didn't run.
2: What got me when he arrives at Taylor's house is, yeah, the hilarity of their interaction. The fact that Loki now – because, like, Taylor kind of got one up on him when he chased him after the vigil. And so Loki's definitely a little, like, got a chip on his shoulder about that. So he t- beats him down, handcuffs him, like, asserts dominance, and then goes in, and when the first box he busts open has snakes in it, the fact that he continued to bust open more boxes, I was like, you call animal control. Like, you are absolutely insane right now. You don't know how long it will take them to get here. You don't know how far these snakes are going to go. Like – You don't know if you're they're a, poisonous. You're yeah. a danger to the world right now. <laughs> like – it blew my mind.
1: What I but was it- just trying to rack my brain. I was like, are these, is this a whole like operation? Because David pointed out that they're very like, everything is very kind of religious based. At first I was like, is it a cult with the matching necklaces? Are like the nine level three child molesters in the 10 block radius? Like, are they all part of it? Like, I'm just trying to think about like, you know, what is the, how wide does this web go?
2: Well, well, er, earlier, um, Melissa, Lee, I mean, Holly, Melissa Leo, she had previously told Detective Loki that her husband kept snakes. Right. And that Alex had, like, a traumatic experience with snakes. And, like, the interconnectedness of the three really, really dark figures, um, that is what really, like, captures me with why the movie holds up is it's like you touch on you know the the priest catholic scandals you touch on child molesters and then you touch on how victims of abuse whether it's being like abducted and kidnapped or you know abused by priests it's like how they end up becoming you know frequently uh, abusers themselves and it's just like this feedback loop and it, it just blew my mind
0: yeah, and this part of the movie, there's like, I think there's four scenes to me that really connect to the entire movie. It's the priest in the beginning when you find the, the husband's dead body. And then it's the conversation, the first conversation between um, Melissa Leo and Hugh Jackman. And then once Bobby Taylor is captured, because you're right, Melissa Leo says, oh, my husband used to keep snakes. And then Bobby Taylor has all these snakes. And then, you know, Bobby Taylor is drawing all these mazes. And after, after having seen the ending where you see that maze, I was just like, I know I know Bobby Taylor is connected to them, but how is he drawing this exact same maze? And so that scene where once they catch Bobby and then he shoots himself and the scene with the CSI guy where he's explaining this, like, that is probably the coolest scene in the, in the entire movie. And it's like maybe 30, 45 seconds. But... Jake Gyllenhaal, like, comes in and he's, like, explain like, the CSI guy is explaining, like, listen, none of the blood was real. It's all pig's blood. There's this fake book with all these mazes in it. Um, and it's based on this discredited FBI book about how this guy thought that all these child abductions were related. And then Jake Gyllenhaal's like, but what about this maze? There's a link here. There's a link. And the CSI guy's like, yeah, that maze is in the last page of this book. And it's unsolvable. And that part, like when I saw it the second time blew my mind because right after that joy is found and there's a flashback in Joy's head before she says, Oh, Hugh Jackman, you, you know, I heard you, you were there. You see the maze book sitting there and there's a sticky note that Melissa Leo must've written that said, once you solve all the mazes, you can leave. And then when you think like, Oh shit, that last maze is unsolvable. Like, that was like one of the most chilling parts to me when like that all clicked because I was like, yeah, she is so evil because she's like giving all these kids the thought that maybe you could escape, maybe you can still live. And then like, but no, they've, they've rigged it in the end where you're going to die. What's, what's crazy is
1: if you take everything you said, David, and then you add the fact that Alex Jones in that shower prison then says... They're in the maze, right? That to me was the was the factor. It okay. So the entire time you're trying to figure out how um, Bobby Taylor connects to it, how the dead guy in the basement connects to it. Why is he the same? Why is the, the the maze pin it? Like why is that all the same? As soon as Alex Jones says they're trapped in the maze, okay. Now you know he's aware of the maze, and then he says. I'm not Alex that to me is like you have at that point you have everything to solve this entire thing
0: right and and that that also goes further to prove like you can't really pin whether Alex slash Barry is completely damaged or is in on it like and I think that's kind of left as an open question purposely
2: well, speaking of mazes, we're going we're gonna to cut out the flub where I said victims of abuse become abusers, right?
0: <laughs> I didn't even hear you say it, but yeah, Good. we cut it out.
2: <laughs> um, no, but what I I mean, it's is not it's not,
0: not true. Yeah, probably A lot statistically of, accurate. It's, I yes. think
2: statistically it probably is, but I don't, I don't have the data to back it up. We're
0: out. not going to tell people your last name. No one will know, although uh, <laughs> you're with there's your There's like three people with my name spelled, yeah. But, um, and you beat them all out to your email address.
1: So wait, That's Garrett, awesome. you said that, that all victims of sexual abuse become sexual abusers? Can no, I quote just you on the, that?
0: The, <laughs> right,
1: just,
2: the, the, the maze thing that got me, though, I, I know around the topic of mazes, is how Loki didn't... Like, I'm, I, I was looking back the last time I watched it, trying to figure out like what he really solved, and he didn't solve that much. Through like his own like intellect, and when we're introduced to Loki he's in the Chinese restaurant and he's trying to like solve the puzzles of you know the year of the steak or the year of the monkey and it's like oh so you're you know your boss is uh, I don't remember what the word was he's selfish and stubborn or something like that, so that's why he's not going to you know give me a fortune cookie and like he's clearly obsessive about solving problems that are in front of him, mm-hmm. but what got him to solve this was like the regular police were like going to the homes of all the, you know, people on the you know, sexual abuser list or whatever. And then just like showing up and trying to like stay outside of the house and looking into Hugh Jackman's past. And then like having to go report to Alex's aunt that he's been found and beaten. And it's like his intellect didn't really get him anywhere towards the girls.
1: What, what I found interesting about Alex Jones and Bobby Taylor, because Bobby Taylor was only a victim of of the couple for three weeks. And can you imagine in three weeks what they must have done to him to mess him up that badly? Um, to the point where he was like stealing mannequin children, bashing their heads in and then burying them. Like, like it's crazy, right? It reminds me kind of of that scene in uh, Mystic River where they were wanting Tim Robbins for, you know, for the, the murder of the daughter. And they were like, well, the daughter wasn't sexually abused when she was killed. She was just outrightly killed. And since Tim Robbins was sexually abused, it's kind of strange for if he did it, that there was no sexual abuse involved. And that's kinda of when it came to me was like, was was it a, like a sexual abuse sort of thing? Cause it was like mostly pedophiles, but then I don't know. Like, what, what do you think about that? Do you think there was sexual abuse of, involved? I mean,
2: it was, it was a war, war against God.
0: Right, which they also connect that. I, I love the scene and we're probably as the audience think the same, but when that other detective brings bring Loki in, he's like, oh, the pastor has something to tell you, The father. And uh, he tells him, I took the kids in broad daylight. Sometimes I took two at once. And um, I was waging a war against God. He might have said that earlier at the house or whatever. And then, like, that's that's meaningless. And Loki walks out and we're like, yeah, that was meaningless. But then the way it connects at the end to Melissa Leo saying it's us waging a war against God. And, like, that, it, it is basically, I think it's it's clearly, like, their son died and they're mad at God. They, she said how devout they used to be until their son died of cancer. And so this is their way to make other people suffer. So I don't think it's sexual. I think it's just them murdering them. I think when two kids are taken, it's natural for Loki to go down that route of, I mean, especially when you have some creepy dude in a van that looks like Paul Dano, like that's the natural route you would go down to think what happened to these two little girls. I,
2: I think it's also addictive because like, like the, the dad, who ended up changing his mind and running out on them five years ago, he went to a priest and confessed all of his sins and then said that he couldn't stop doing it and he would keep doing it. And so the priest was like, ah, I got to kill you. And what is up with Loki's tattoos?
1: I love it. I thought it was such an interesting character, like given to the character.
0: Yeah. He totally like, he totally was like, I wanted to make some choices and, Like I said, those things kind of normally, like, bother me. And I don't know who was in charge of, like, the look for Loki. But, like, the facial tics and stuff, I was just like, you know, I'm going to... This movie gave me, like, such a new appreciation for Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, Like, I'd always loved him, but this was, like, put him him very high up there, like, in my esteem. I just want to buy some shirts and button them up all the way and just be as cool as him. So, Garrett, the other day when I texted you about this movie... Uh, we talked a little bit about Keller's last visit to the aunt's house. And I want you to just go in. Cause I had the same thought about that. Uh, he should go in guns blazing. Like the moment
2: she opens that door, I would put a gun in her face and I don't like, yeah, if she has my kids, I I would, I would be, I would beat the shit out of her until she told me where they were.
0: First of all, yes. Like, you're going to this house because you know she has her. Those kids are at that house. It's the only reason you go to the aunt's house. So coming in with this subtlety, it's a fucking screen door. Break it in. But then once you stupidly get caught, she's holding a gun to you as you're putting handcuffs on and then hands you a two liter. And she says, you don't know me, but I'm never going to let you out of here. What the, f- like, what the fuck? Like, you fire fire, like what, you, what are you doing? Like, that part, yeah, that is, like, I have issues with that, especially a man who's willing to torture a mentally stunted person for a week. Yeah. You know, that's whatever,
2: like, worry he has about, like, beating up this woman or, like, you know, getting in trouble, he better, if, if he knew where his daughter was based on what Joy said, he'd damn sure knows that detective loki is headed right now for that apartment complex and is finding alex so he the the fear of getting in trouble is gone at this point for him and all he cares about is his daughter so beat up the aunt find your daughter like there
0: don't throw the two-liter throw the two-liter at her like if she gets a shot off it's probably not going to hit you in a place that's going to kill you and you can grab her and He's then getting- you slam her head she's unconscious you can see all right am i gonna die soon do i need to call the cops or do i have time to check for myself it like it just it makes that's like that whole scene and then re-watching it like it doesn't last too long but it feels so slow because you just know it's like all right you're such a little bitch just go jump in the hole like you're supposed to because you clearly like i don't know what you're doing hugh jackman
1: Yeah. I, okay. So I'm with you guys. So what's, what's a nice little like book into this is from where he starts to put the handcuffs on is the, is the part where I started watching the ending years ago. (laughs) That's, that's the part where, um, I remember and because it was so long ago and I haven't seen this movie since, um, I thought there was some sort of trade deal. And I always wondered like, why does she hold up the end of the bargain? So for me, it was like, he's like turning himself into the aunt and goes into the hole with the promise of she's going to let his daughter out, which is not how the movie went at all, obviously. But for some reason, that's how I thought the movie was going to go from my remembering just, you know, that part of it. But it's such a hopeless situation, especially as soon as she hands him the two-liter, because she's like, "You drink it and you'll become much more manageable." So it's like some sort of like roofy concoction. So I'm just thinking, like, if he drinks it, he's done. And he just like gulps it up. I'm like, all right, fuck, he's done. It's it's over, you know.
0: What I do like about that scene, though, is, and it, it, I was talking earlier about how there's like a couple scenes that like tie everything together, and obviously since this is basically the second to last or third se- left to last scene, you know, she confirms that they took Bobby Taylor at one point, which like connects all of that. And I think is kind of the biggest piece. Cause when I was watching this the second time, I was like, I know Bobby's connected them, but how, like I kind of forgot upon that first watch. But then when she talks about how like she had to slow down since her husband disappeared and then you're like, yes, once and for all, like, you know, you've just seen the picture of the guy with the pendant, but like, yeah, that's the husband but then her saying like we're waging a war on God and this turns people into demons and like I love seeing your face right now like all of that one you're like making her the most evil character in in a movie like possible but two just like all everything being tied together is like it's not really nice because this movie's you know kind of sadistic from her point but it's 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 cool. I like that they it, it gives you all of the pieces but it doesn't tie
2: the bow. You know what I mean like they don't spoon feed you how these three really dark characters that you interact with are all connected or four, if you include Hugh Jackman, but how it doesn't tell you how they're all connected. It just gives you all of the information and then you kind of have to figure out, okay, so your husband was the corpse in the priest's basement. Bobby Taylor was one of your victims. Alex was one of your victims. You are, you know, a crazy person. Um, but how it all fits nicely together, I think is, is really nice.
1: Let me ask you, David, out of all the evil motherfuckers in like villains in, in film, would you rank aunt Holly above or below Colonel Tavington from the Patriot?
0: Nobody will ever top Colonel Tavington. He burned a church down with people inside pregnant ladies and children. Okay. Okay. All right. I mean, Melissa Leo did kill a lot of a lot of kids. Oh, what what I do too at the at the end of that scene, like having Hugh Jackman in the hole where his daughter was, I think is pretty powerful. As he's like kind of looking around, and then him finding you know the whistle that his daughter ha- had been looking for. And I do love the connection afterwards when Maria Bella's like, "Oh no, we found that whistle." And like, I, and this obviously leads right into the ending. And you know, like. Okay, he's down there. There's a whistle, and then you see Jake Gyllenhaal with this crew. But this whole time, I'm like, "How are you going to? Are you just going to have him like pushing the car out of the way and ripping the board? You know what I mean? Like, it, it, this movie can't have like too happy of an ending because it's like that wouldn't fit right with like the way you know the feel of it. And I think he, Denis did a great job of like having your cake and eating it too like one the movie is so sad overall so many people have died and hugh jackman has basically lost his humanity and lost his morals in this quest and so he's gonna go to jail probably we can talk about that in a minute and so like there is no coming back from that but the way that you just like handle that last scene where it's like no you don't find him like and rip him out And then the last time he hears it like more clearly and just like looks kind of into the camera, but past the camera and just like the kind of like the click. Like, I think that's such a cool way to handle this because like, it's not a happy ending, but it's a very satisfying ending. Like he tied up all the loose ends. Everything's connected. If you're there to watch it and appreciate it, but he didn't like Garrett said a second ago, he doesn't spoon feed everything to you. He doesn't show you it. And I think that's like an amazing way to handle it. You, David. You texted me. I think
2: after you first watched the movie, you were just like, "Perfect ending," and it is. It's it's like the perfect ending. Ooh, have you seen Enemy, Alon?
1: I I have. Yes.
2: So it came out like just before or just after, just before Prisoners, and both movies. The final scene is Jake Gyllenhaal looking not at the camera but kind of past it, and I think they're both fantastic endings.
1: I love the ending to Enemy. Um and maybe because of my other run-in with the ending of this movie, it's really hard for me to be completely satisfied with it just on the account that he he's down there. Um, you know, if you're if you're more than like ten, twenty feet below ground, it's significant it's significantly colder down there. Um and the fact that the crew had to stop digging another thing i love is they they end it with like the excavation of of the aunt's house like around the grounds um and all they found was like a couple of dead snakes There was no like kids and they couldn't dig anymore because the ground was so frozen solid it's hard for me to believe that huge i don't know how many days went by enough to get an excavation team out there after the fact so and you know, Aunt Holly said that he didn't have more than twenty-four hours down there with his wound. She's
0: not a, she's not a fucking doctor. Okay, but the point is, is that it is so cold; the ground is frozen solid. He's I think that's. I think that's night of. I mean, it's either night of or the next day, and they say this is going to take weeks more. But like, I think it's reasonable that he could still be alive. I don't. It's not night of because the night of he drives the girl to the hospital, and you see him in the hospital the next day. So it's at least the next day, if not maybe two days. Mm. But given how dedicated Loki is and that this is a crime scene, like the next night I think is a reasonable estimation. But that whistle, and you're right, that look
1: right before the camera's cut to black is like, maybe if I wasn't so so hung up on my first watch of the ending years ago on this, maybe I could get past it. But I'm like, is he alive or is that just like the movie fucking with you?
2: The, the reason I think it's either, I like David said, it can't be night out, but the reason I think it's really close in proximity is after they leave Taylor's house or when he's leaving Taylor's house and they've got like the dead pigs and the kids' clothes, um, one of the investigators says, hey, cover all this up with a tarp. It's going to snow tonight. And then, of course, it's snowing when Hugh Jackman is in the hole. And,
1: yeah, it's, and it's snowing when... Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal Hall is rushing to the hospital.
0: That's like, an awesome scene. Did, yes. Did I didn't think there was any possibility that little girl dies, but it was still so tense the whole drive. Like there's no way you kill a little girl at the like you can kill a little girl in a movie, but you can't kill a little girl after you think you've saved her in the last ten minutes. It's impossible. What was she injecting? Like insulin, like an overload of
1: cyanide into her body? Like there's then, several things that could have killed her. Then she doesn't do it, or like you're like, Oh, did she just get enough in there to like do the job,
0: you know? Clearly not. Spoiler she's away.
2: also like that is one of the creepiest scenes i've ever seen like you get the shadow from the candles of her crouched over and then like the camera pans as jake Joan hall rounds the corner and she's and just like she, and then oh. she says
1: i hope they cremate my body it's like oh you know? yeah i don't
0: want to stay in a box but to just prove how evil she is she's caught she knows she's caught 100 percent in her mind and she's like I have to kill this last little girl. I have to. So before we completely wrap this up, I have some rapid fire shit I want to talk about. Um, one is Alex Jones mother, uh, Mrs. Kiers, I believe it is. Um, she, in the beginning, in the first time I watched this, she says, same person who took Barry, took those little girls. I know it. And I was like, that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. And then she's right. Which was like blew my mind. And then also, uh, she said her son was taken from where that RV was parked, which made me click that Barry, Alex Jones, Paul Dano is going back to his home. That's why he sits out there. And that was also like mind blowing. Hugh Jackman, when he's trying to get her to talk about mazes and he goes, yeah, I just feel like I'm lost in a maze. Melissa Leo's reaction to that where she gets like caught and then is like kind of smiling. And then it's kind of like, you know, I'm so not used to talking to people. I thought that part was, was kind of great. But that does lead me to Bobby escaped and joy escaped. And these are little kids. Like how good are they at this actually?
1: Yeah. But like two kids out of like how many years have they been doing this?
2: What I think makes it like, like tenable that the kids escaped is that uh, we don't know the circumstances of um, Bobby's escape, but we do know that joy was able to escape because Melissa Leo, by her own admission, got lazy, and got selfish. She missed having someone to talk to, so she brought them out.
0: To bookend this before we finally wrap it up, does Keller go to jail and for how long? And I think it's obvious that he tortured a a mentally challenged kid who was a a victim in his own right. But if the facts really all came out and you kind of see that Alex Jones, Paul Dano, is not really completely a victim. And Hugh Jackman directly led to his kids being discovered. And what evidence could you present in court if this actually went? Because you have a guy who won't talk. So I'm curious how much Alex Jones could testify against him. How funny would
1: it be if on the stand, Alex Jones just becomes just so... (laughs) He's got a
0: British accent.
1: <laughs> he just starts just spilling the beans. He's like, and Terrence Howard
0: was there, and Viola Davis was there, and unbelievable. That is not something I consider, the fact that he would know that those other two were there. I don't, think, I don't think Hugh Jackman would turn on them, not in a second, but it is curious that they could get brought back into this because of, of uh, Paul Dano. Yeah, but, but Paul Dano is one...
2: Reluctant to talk, and two, they're going to have to show that he was the prosecution is going to want to show that he was beaten to a pulp and senseless, and so that hurts their case if he's trying to like inculcate other people, such as Viola Davis and Terrence Howard.
1: Well, also, I think if, if he has a good enough lawyer and the jury could be sympathetic to the fact that his kid was missing, you could plead insanity. You know, uh, for a second there, probably, or maybe even the fact that you could say he did have, he did take the kids in the RV. Can um, can can't, can't torture people though?
2: My, my hot well, t- torture is not a crime, I don't think, in Pennsylvania. But my hot take is, you've got assault, you've got false imprisonment. Jack Hugh Jackman, Keller Dover is looking at some serious time and so he pleads it out he does five to ten or he gets sentenced to five to ten years serves half of it and he's celebrating Anna's 15th birthday with her
1: you know Garrett I don't I don't know you enough to know when you're joking but how do you know that Pennsylvania doesn't have torture oh I've
2: seen this movie half a dozen times I googled
0: okay um well that's Good to know, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, so he has to serve some time. I do agree. There's probably some sort of plea. I think they're going to be sympathetic. And I think the fact that the only reason these children were found is because of this guy torturing someone and not their superstar detective and police force. Maybe they don't want to have a trial. So I, I mean, he does a couple years, maybe less. I don't know. Um, well, you know what I'm
1: interested in is what if it's just he pleads out? Like, what if he just pays Paul Dano off? Like, in, in the sense that there's no one, there's no one, no, hear me out. There's no one backing him up. He's a, he's, a, he's a 20-something-year-old man with a 10-year-old's IQ, and his entire family is dead. Maybe he finally goes back to his mother. I don't know. He but did.
0: He went back to his mother that was in the paper
1: okay but she wasn't like
0: i don't know if she would even put up a fight because who would be more sympathetic than her but they already found paul Mm Dano tortured in property owned by hugh jackman with evidence that he spent a lot of time there because
2: loki found him there once and then followed him there another time that was a pretty nice move that he made though right because i went back and checked at thanksgiving he wasn't drinking So it may have been the case that he was nine and a half years sober and then he takes a swig in front of Detective Loki.
0: He said, I'm too. Didn't he say I'm too drunk or something on Thanksgiving or no? No, no, no. That was Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard? Howard. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I like how bad Terrence Howard is playing the uh, trumpet.
0: I like how Terrence Howard pretended to love Bruce Springsteen. So,
1: you know, even if the ending was spoiled for me completely out of context. And, you know, I, I, I know who did it and yada yada. I still really love this movie. It honestly didn't change my opinion of how this movie played out or, you know, the other events that has happened in this film. I think it's really solid. And I love these kind of like it crime movies, Zodiac, Seven, for me, this is definitely up there with them. This one is like amazing to me.
0: Yeah, no, it, it is amazing. I was, I didn't really know what to expect. And this was a movie that I had kind of not watched just because I thought it was going to be a lot darker than it turned out to be, although it was pretty damn dark. But as I said, like the ending is a very satisfying one. Um, And so all this is done, is just like, yeah, one, I'll I'll watch Prisoners again, although it's not something that you can just watch over and over because you just have to pay so much attention to. But two, it just made me want to like, I need to go and watch like, all of Denis Villeneuve's movies. Like, I I think of his like, more widely seen stuff, I'm probably just haven't seen Sicario yet. And I've only been holding out because we're going to do an episode on it. But like his older stuff too, I really need to go back and, and, and watch. And so this is just like, Yeah, I was blown away by Prisoners.
2: Prisoners is by far my favorite Thanksgiving movie. And I think it's one of Jake Gyllenhaal's best performances. And I know he's done a lot. Um, But Detective Loki is definitely my, my style icon.
1: Well, thank you for listening to another episode of I
0: Finally Watched. I'm Milan. I'm Garrett. And this is David. And I finally watched Prisoners.